All right, dog. I'm back again with another uh, podcast. This time, year on, I feel like I've collected all my friends on here, like Infinity Stones on these podcasts. <laughs> um, this time, it's a different one. This is the Bit by Tyrion uh, <laughs> collection. Uh, you have requested that we do a different Halloween um, type of episode, and we're going to talk about Phantom of the Megaplex, which is, if I'm correct, 22 years old. Uh, let's get into it, man. All right. <laughs> Why this film? Why did you want to choose this film out of all the other horror films to try to jump into out there today? Man, I don't know. It's a movie that I go back to just about every year uh, mm-hmm. in October. It's just one of those Disney movies that I saw all the time that that I'm like, I got to watch this. And I don't know, after rewatching it, it doesn't feel much like a Halloween movie to me. But I definitely think it's one of those essential ones I always go back to. It's it's definitely good. Like watching this now, older, I was like, okay, it's a lot cheesier. than when I watched it when I was like seven years, six or seven years old. But I, I think I like it a lot more because it has like certain things that I don't think I caught when I was a kid. Like one, they're way overworking the child in that movie. Like, let me pull up the cast uh, or the characters of this film because the manager is, how old is he? Like 16 or 17. And he's doing yeah. like eight people's jobs. Yeah, the kid actually. Um, Pete. Oh, are you talking about the main kid or his brother? Uh, Pete Riley, the main uh character, the assistant manager. Oh yeah, he's definitely doing way too much in that movie theater. I mean, the fact that they're saying he's an assistant manager at seventeen, sixteen or seventeen years old, and they're like, "Yeah, you are going on where you can possibly be manager of this company." I'm like, "You're seventeen, like you yeah. don't have a life outside of this job." I'm like, "You ain't thinking about college, like <laughs> you don't have schoolwork." That was my thing, and his mom is like, "Yeah, it's okay." Oh, what <laughs> you you're okay with this? It. The whole movie after like rewatching it, it came off as like a workplace critique. Yes. Way more than like a Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. It that's that's true. Cause it was really much like all of these characters are extremely overworked. Um, it's really corporate. You have who is a Sean McGibbon, who is the manager, and he's extremely stressed out. He lives at the job. He is like riding Pete and he's like, oh, I'm the manager. And it's like, bro, you're like in your mid thirties, mid to late thirties. You don't do nothing outside (laughs) of this movie theater. And then the fact they're having like movie premieres at this movie theater, (laughs) like this is like, they definitely not equipped for it to be hosting a Hollywood movie premiere. 
Yeah. And then the old man, like you have this old man who lives in the basement of this movie theater. Like what is going on in this movie? <laughs> like the, okay. The villain or basically Sean McGiven, mm-hmm. he came out to me as like not much of a villain. I got his points at the end. Why he did it. Like, as a kid, I didn't get it. Like, I was like, oh, man, he's a terrible guy. I didn't like him. But, yeah, now as an adult, I get it. I was like, you know what? You don't seem like you're really that much of a villain. You are working probably over 40 hours, and you've been overworked. <laughs> I get it. You you want more out of life. That's the problem. You, you well, want to do more. Also, the fact that he's been studying this guy that uh, the boss, uh, mm-hmm. the movie premiere dude, but he's been studying them, listening to his uh, or reading his books. I think it was like a magazine or something uh, uh, in the beginning. Yeah, but he thinks he's gonna get this big promotion, and they give it to Niedermeyer kid or mm-hmm. family member. So I'm like, dang, he done did all this, and he got passed over for nepotism. Yeah, I'm it- like, man. It says a lot. Like it's definitely one of those things. Like who wrote this movie? Stu Stu Krager. I, I looked him up, and he also did Smart House and the Xenon trilogy. Oh, okay. And I, I think got to kick it up too. So I'm like, he got some bangers on his resume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Disney just really had him in the vault. Yeah, <laughs> they was just like, oh uh, yeah, you put this one out. We got to really keep you on the lot. I told myself I need to go back and watch Smart House now because um, I think I get a lot more out of it. I just seen um, a film last night, Stepford Wives, and they had um, computer computerized refrigerators. And the first thing I thought of were uh, Smart House. It was like the way it did it. And I was like, I yeah. first seen this in Smart House. I'm like, yeah, early Disney Channel was definitely on to something around there. It, it really sounded like Stu Krieger was really pumping <laughs> out some good stuff. Like Xenon is technology heavy into the future, smart house. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I wonder like what was what was it like that he came up with? Like what was the force behind this? Like how he came up with this one. If I would have known, yeah. I should have tried to see if he's still around. I would have, hey, let me send an email and try to get Stu Krieger on to the podcast. I'm like, hey, <laughs> have him dial in. I'm like, hey, sir. This wasn't bad, though. Like, revisiting this, it had, like, a lot of themes to it. Like, the mom trying to get married. And mm-hmm. also, like, hey, George, uh, want to marry me? Like, dang, y'all just going to, like, force him to marry you? Like, yeah. <laughs> What is going they on? Putting pre- they was putting pressure on her. She For was real. in the car giving metaphors. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm ready. Yeah. And then his car broke down. And I was like, oh, well, you know, my last husband's car wouldn't have broke down. Like, well, <laughs> also, another one was Movie Mason. Uh, he He was killing me because. It seemed like one of those dudes you find, I, and I don't mean to like talk badly about this place, but it reminds me of an old guy you find at the music box because <laughs> he's talking about putting a piano uh, in the theater. He's taking the tickets, talking about see this movie instead of that junk y'all actually watching. It's weird because 
like I said, seeing it now, I'm like, okay, I understand movie Mason. But as a kid, when I watched this movie, I was get this guy out of here. Now I would have been, okay, maybe he is right. Maybe I should go see this movie. But like in the moment, I probably wouldn't have wanted to go see what he's, you know, what he's recommending. Cause you're holding up a line. There's like 50 of us in line and you're just trying to take tickets and be like, Oh no, go see this movie. That movie is junk that you're going to see, but he's recommending some pretty good stuff. Yeah. I feel like I would have been movie Mason <laughs> or I, I will be movie Mason in the future. <laughs> and I'm like, man, don't go see that Marvel movie. Go see this. <laughs> this art type movie i i think it's interesting like he because but what was the i think that was what i didn't understand how was the connection of movie mason to the theater was it his family owned it yeah i think he either worked for it or his Mm. family owned it and he might have been like the only family member left or something okay okay because i know he like lived in the basement Mm -hmm. i will say and i didn't think i'd still have the same feelings about this character 20 years later but i still do i do not like the little brother in this movie the um what's his name brian he is the most annoying character known to man and then every couple seconds he the phantom of the megaflex or something oh you are so annoying like please (laughs) See, I didn't mind him. He has to be the one that kind of like builds the the lore of the Phantom of the Megaplex. But I think the one scene I didn't really mess with him was when he was trying to blame it on the projector dude. Oh he yeah, he was going he was going hard. He was really like going in on that man, and the guy looking at him like, "Kid, stop! <laughs> like I'm just working, and then here you are, just like." talking to me trying to really blame me for something you accusing me of something i didn't do yeah but uh him and the sister were like huge movie buffs i'm like do kids watch movies like this now like kids aren't quoting movies i don't feel like like would they and what would they be quoting like the minions I don't even know. Like, I just tried to watch. My niece came over the other day, and she was like, oh, cool, Scream 2. And she forced me to watch it, and we started watching it. And she brought up the, you know, the Dahmer show is the big thing. And she mm-hmm. was telling my mom about it. My mom was like, you watched that? She was, nah, I seen clips on TikTok. And I'm, this is the thing now? <laughs> like, See, this is it? I, I think that's what it probably would be we're quoting clips like 30 second clips from a movie that's off tiktok so there's no real like reference like you know the movie but you don't know like the context or something yeah because she only knew like the first 10 minutes of a scene and that wrapped up 10 episodes and the gist of everything like that told her everything she needed to know in them 10 seconds and I'm like, oh my gosh, you your whole opinion has been like consumed. And it's crazy compared to these kids in that movie who are the same age as her. They mm-hmm. actually are quoting a movie. And you know, they're like, yeah. oh my gosh, the movie theater, blah, blah, blah. Cause now thinking about it, yeah, the older sister, Karen, Karen Riley, um, <laughs> she 
was a wild name. Uh, she really was like sneaking off to the other theater to go see uh, another movie, and it's like, don't yeah. tell, don't tell Pete that I'm going to see this movie with my friends. And it's like, wow, that's really a thing kids used to really go do. I got to go see another movie. Like, wow, times have yeah. changed. I got to ditch my little brother in this movie that I don't want to see to go see something else. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Malik here. You're listening to the Bit by Big podcast. Thank you. I don't know. I think it was interesting. Like, it's weird. Like I said, now looking back at it, uh, like I, I used to really get like a little creeped out by the themes and things in that movie. Like when they had the scene with the fan and they try to make it seem like a tornado. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to really creep me out. But now I was like, really? Like, this is it? See, seeing it now and the way they like position the fan i'm like y'all on the other side definitely ain't getting blown yeah. <laughs> like come on like when i seen it now y'all just couldn't go turn it off but back then i was oh my gosh this is crazy jeez this is the real 3d experience they give it <laughs> yeah this is what 4d it's, yeah. it's real they touching you <laughs> exactly but back like back then I was oh my gosh that would have been traumatized now really I would just walked up unplugged the fan and you know went about my business or when they brought out like the huge um gorilla and the what is that like a dinosaur or something like the the balloon type things I think I think it's like a dragon or a dinosaur or something the dragon also i didn't understand pete with the sword he's like he jumps off the balcony and he's struggling on why don't you just jump off and stab it straight ahead like what like who, i guess who came i guess this? he couldn't he couldn't get his foot in there son <laughs> <laughs> uh, who came up with this like who thought about this and then all the people just standing there and hey oh wow um so nobody gonna help him like this is it he had to be the superhero in that mo- the movie superhero in that moment. I guess so. I didn't. I truly didn't understand it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. You know, later in life, right now, of looking back on this movie, like rewatching it now at an older age compared to when I was like six years old. But it's not a bad little movie. No, I honestly, I really liked it. I'm like, it's a real good workplace critique. Because mm-hmm. at the end, um, what's dang, what's the main character name again? Oh, Pete. Pete. Um, yeah, Pete. They asked him. They like, oh, do you want this new job, this new promotion? And he like, nah. You know what? I shouldn't work for the big company, slaving to them. I should be a kid. And I'm like, you know, that's a that's a pretty good ending. It was, because it's real, you know. He had been working too much at 16, 17, leading up to that point. And all he wanted to do was go with his crush. You know, he had this crush on this girl. And he's like, all I wanted to do is work a job. And I can't even talk to this girl. Plus, I don't have anything, a life outside of this job. I want to go talk to her. And now I can. He's like, screw this job. I'm just going to go with her. And that's it. Matt, and his uh, his dilemma at the beginning was he was only really working that hard because the dude she wanted, uh, the dude she, that she was talking to had cars and stuff and he was kind of a broke boy. So he like, I gotta work just to compete. <laughs> then he overworked himself. Yeah. 
But I, I guess he got the girl in the end. But yeah. Then, then also the fact of like he was trying to compare himself to the guy named Donnie, um, with the sword, the what mm-hmm. that Merlin sword. He was well, Donnie got Merlin sword. I can get Merlin sword. And come to find out, it was rigged. Like what? Yeah. Like what type of movie is this? It's like you had to have the you had to have the villains, the little bullies. Uh, mm-hmm. That was I don't know. It's like the regular two thousands kind of Disney movie villains. Yeah, that's see, but that's the thing. Like I, when watching it, and then by the time I got done with it, I was thinking about that. Like, what is it? about and you and i've had this conversation plenty of times in the past what is it about these like late 90s early 2000 movies even mid 2000s even now because i just watched a movie the other day that did it um that came out this year where it's like oh i did this and she doesn't want me she wants the jock oh i'm the nerd oh <laughs> Uh, she's the brainiac. Oh, she's the cheerleader. Like, what reality does this take place in? <laughs> like, see, I, I don't, I don't know. It's like those tropes were just so common. And when I actually got to like high school, I'm like, this stuff doesn't exist. Not at all. Like it, it, it did exist sort of, but it wasn't as like black and white mm. as like the popular kids because anybody could have been popular if mm. you knew how to like mingle with people or if you actually like talk to people yeah pete is quote unquote you know the working class everyday person and you know he worked himself to the bone but he doesn't have a car and the slick hair so she doesn't want him and then uh by the end she didn't see any work himself and then he overcome so much and then she's like oh my gosh pete you didn't save the day i want you and if you take all the other late 90s and early 2000s movies the girl's like oh my gosh i want you and it's like yeah like you said once you get to like high school this is not reality this is not actually happening like i don't know why this is like you know perpetuated in movies one thing i will say though is that Honestly, was it all in his head that that's what she wanted? Because from the beginning of the movie, it seemed like she was messing with him. True. Like she liked him. So so was he just projecting this thing, like this feeling onto her that that's all they want, which which might make it even more interesting, honestly. <laughs> that's a good point. I'm like, I'm like was, Stu, was Stu Krieger thinking about this? Could this movie be deeper than what we think? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get Stu Krieger on the line. We gotta have a part two to this, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I got I gotta go back and rewatch the movies he wrote because I'm like, there's definitely some stuff in there. Because you know how Disney have all the little themes in the movies. Dog, like that's true. Oh, uh, see, but I'm looking it up right now. Uh, I'm on his IMDb page. Stu Krieger, I don't know, he kind of up in 1952. Uh, he got some old themes. <laughs> yeah, he seventies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he did going to the mat. Got like you said, got to kick it up. True confessions. Oh, yeah, he, he, he did he, that too. Yeah, he got some bangers <laughs> under it. Yeah, the poof point. Oh yeah, and poof point ain't bad. 
It, oh, it's, yeah. it's a little, it's a little weak, but it ain't bad. Yeah, it's a little weak, but it's it's a good one. Oh man, they had him in the vault. That man was definitely in the Disney lot for I'm years. Like, is, it, is this Disney's auteur? Like <laughs> he was holding Disney down. <laughs> like, could he have been the one that did the color of friendship? <laughs> oh no, nah, no, nah, he didn't do that one. <laughs> All right, well. Uh, my last little tidbit's really about this. Uh, I don't know, man. You don't got me thinking now. It's just really like, could this movie have really been deeper than what I thought? <laughs> it, it's some stuff in there, man. It's it's small stuff, but it's little gems hidden in there. Yeah. Because it's just like, I don't know. Because it never really seemed like she had a problem with him. Like, she didn't like him. It seemed like she liked him at the beginning, and then he just was, oh, she doesn't like me. And it's like, really? Yeah, he he ain't had a confidence, and he also um, was just working too much to actually talk to her. But it made it seem like he really was like, oh, man, like, he really was he working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made it seem like he really was working like not really like you had a whole lineup of employees and none of them knew what to do like that's why i didn't understand like all you got like 15 people that work here none of these people know what to do and what was interesting is no one called the cops that whole night but y'all got somebody going around in a black cloak just walking yeah. around <laughs> like that Cause is the mayhem like <laughs> I'm like man if that would have happened if that would happen now in the movie theaters I'm on the <laughs> line instantly that's the weirdest thing to me like you have and the crazy part is in America the year 2000 the craziest stuff has just happened a year before in America so you have something happening and you got somebody running around in a movie theater with a full black cape on and a mask, and it's a full packed movie theater, and no one calls the police. All it's, right. Today, if somebody doing that, it's either part of the movie marketing or some. It's like a stunt like that, or somebody doing something crazy, and it's it's time to go. <laughs> And the police getting called, and they about to shut the movie down. I see somebody in the movie theater with a black cape on running around. I'm running out. <laughs> I'm out of there. Yeah, I'm hitting the exit <laughs> quick. Even like when people be sitting in the entrance of the movie theater, just sitting there watching the movie. I'm like, can you go to your seat, or are you casing the movie right now? <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we have this conversation all the time. <laughs> I'm out of there. There's no way. I don't know. When people just stand at the, the entrance of the movie and they or they come into the movie late and just sit there. It's the I'm weirdest like, thing to me. Are you just checking in? Like, what's going on? I don't know. I'm just saying the Phantom of the Megaplex couldn't happen today in today world. Definitely not. Somebody, Definitely not. And especially being that nonchalant. Like, in today's world... You couldn't have employees that dedicated to be, oh, we got to keep it on the hush of, oh, it's there's a phantom in the movie theater. And we're that's going up. It's going to be on TikTok within five minutes. There's a phantom in the movie theater at the AMC. 
They gonna have a phantom challenge after that. Like, hey guys, how's it going? It's Malik here. You're listening to the Bit by Big podcast. Thank you. We got the the one character that's a worker. He trying to unionize and all that. <laughs> he like we working too many hours. I, I was gonna bring that up. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was. Oh, we don't get to take a lunch. We're we're working too many hours. We need to go and unionize. Um, fam, really? You think they give you a union? See, Stu Krieger was bringing up them topics back then in the was, kids movie. <laughs> I was like, in a kids movie. That's the thing. The movie going to six to ten year olds. No, we don't know nothing about a union. <laughs> Half of it was, I'm pretty sure half of it was going over people's minds as a kid. I mean, it went over my mind <laughs> every year I watched it until <laughs> now. Or maybe I just wasn't paying attention that hard or thinking about stuff like that. I didn't understand it. I Clearly, yeah, I wasn't getting it. I mean, we had to get Stu Krieger on the line. I got to try to see what his email is. and There's got to be a part one. Part two got to be getting Stu Krieger on or maybe just having an email chat with him and reading it. I'm a phantom of the Megaplex. That's going to be the subject line. <laughs> and then how did you do it? <laughs> I, I got to get into True Confessions because I'm like, that was that was a movie. That was a sad movie. Oh, man, Shia, we- LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf really did his thing. But also it was like the bullying. It, it was really sad. We got to save that one for another one, but... I don't wait. I don't know. I don't think we could get onto that topic. I don't think I'm emotionally ready for a movie like that. It, it, yeah, I don't know if I can do it justice talking about it, but <laughs> it's a it's a pretty sad movie. Yeah, Stu Krieger. He he deserved a little Disney Oscar for some of them movies because <laughs> he he got some that, bangers. That that was like the bullying special. Like you watch that movie, you don't ever want to bully again. You feel bad for the kids getting bullied. Yeah. That one, if you you even said the wrong thing to a kid after that one, you just like I'm a terrible human. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah, Shia LaBeouf really played that role. It's definitely something. This has definitely been a bit by Tyrion collection. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for getting on the podcast officially. We got to get thanks on for, again. Yeah, thanks for having me on. What's gonna be the next movie so the people know? I don't know. Uh, Mom's got a date with the vampire? Maybe. I mean, it's really your choice every week because it's you going uh, with these Disney classics every week. Are you watching them every night? No, I I don't have the time to do that, but I only watch Phantom of the Megaplex, but I'm going to try to get another one in when I can. But are we strictly doing Halloween Disney movies? I mean, I feel like we might as well just do it the whole month. Yeah. Um, see, I want to say Smart House because I feel like it might have some horror themes in it. We can do Smart House. Smart yeah, House is that, pretty scary, honestly. It scared me as a kid because that lady was wild. Yeah. Yeah, we might have to do Smart House. Uh, just keep it in the Stu Krieger universe. See, I don't know because uh, then, then you got to do Xenon. Xenon ain't scary. Well, I mean, we ain't got to do we ain't got to do Xenon. Uh, we can just do those two because they kind of like have horror okay. things to it. Um, 
then we can get off him and go to the real Halloween movies, like Halloween Town. All right, yeah. Your mom's got a date with a vampire. Or hold on, um, you know they did an Under Wraps remake, reboot, right? I might have to, I might have to check it out. Under Wraps one, one of my joints, but they don't even have the original they don't on got, Disney Plus. They don't got the original. I told you that they got the uh, Under Wraps remake or reboot or whatever. But I think it's because, if I'm correct. Under wraps, the original might be with like ABC World or something. So, or Walt Disney World. Like, it's not really like Disney or it's something weird. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like my, um, my date with the president's daughter. Like, they're not ah, really okay, okay. Disney of some sort. So, they can't really be on Disney Plus. Okay. So, you got to watch the Under Wraps reboot. <laughs> I might have to check it out, see how it hold up. I mean, I'm down. Uh, I'm fitting around your schedule, so whichever ones you want to do. All right, we we gonna wind up Smart House next because I've I've been kind of like uh, really wanting to see that after this. Oh, all right, then that's the next one for the listeners to know. That's the next one we doing on the Bit by Tyrion collection. <laughs> We're going to get into some actual good movies after, <laughs> but <laughs> we got to go through these Disney classics. Because I already know people going to be, dang, I ain't listening to this. They going through Disney movies <laughs> <laughs> this week. They doing Disney <laughs> movies. <laughs> this trash. They doing hey, Disney movies. You got, you got to appreciate the movies you grew up on and watched all the time i think we gotta hold those higher in value because they they really mean something to us at least they mean something to me yeah the people i know i like them i truly do 